Hey, welcome back to EBR, The Writer Show, Season 4. I can't believe it's Season 4, but here we are. My name's Jeff Hughes, and if this is your first time listening to the podcast, you're probably wondering what it's all about. Well, here's my back-of-the-envelope pitch for you. On The Writer's Show, I talk to writers about the art and the business of publishing and self-publishing. That's in in a nutshell. Hopefully, we'll both get to learn a few things about the craft of writing, because it is a craft and a business. So if that's your bag, stick around for the next few months. I've got some fab guests lined up just for you. This season of The Writer's Show, we're also going to look into the mysterious realm of songwriting. And I've got a few surprises for you, but you'll just have to keep listening to find out who. Let's get on with today's show. Divorce and separation can be both heartbreaking and liberating, especially if you're the one that's been blindsided by the divorce. Now, most people in this situation would roll up in a ball and binge on chocolate or booze, but our next guest, Blake Hill, took that pain, rode a mountain bike through the frozen wilds of northern Canada, and came up with the idea for his extraordinary debut novel, Westphalia. Let's talk to Blake. It's quite an unusual book, part hero's journey, part spiritual guidebook. And Charlie's quite the unusual guide. It's a fantastic read. Oh, thank you. Yeah, Charlie. I figured when I started writing, I was like, I need someone else to to guide me through this. So, And I get up like three in the morning to write. And so Charlie just kind of popped in. And people are like, well, who's Charlie? Where'd he come from? I'm like, I don't know, but I, I like the guy. So... He's more of my writing partner at 3 a.m. in the morning when you need to talk to somebody and there's nobody around except the dog. The intention was just to to get my story out there and hopefully, you know, we all go through things in life and then just to try to instill some courage in other people that maybe sitting back, maybe they have a story to tell that can help somebody else. That's all you're trying to do. Just put it out there and hopefully help somebody because it's there's a lot of information there that most people don't know about me. And truthfully, really didn't want people to know, but it all came out. So I just let it, I let it all out. You, you've had a great reader reaction to Westphalia. Um, one Amazon review that stood out for me is this great book, a wonderful life lesson wrapped in a fantastical journey. This book is at once raw and serene. The book really seems to have touched a chord with readers. So that, that must be a pretty good feeling. It's a great feeling because you I've written a lot of stuff and some stuff just sits in the closet. <laughs> so you're you're always happy when you can touch somebody. And that was the whole premise behind writing it. Cause it the journey, you know, going the journey of divorce was really challenging for me because I was felt blindsided by it. And when I started to write the book to really try to tell my story, I didn't realize that a lot of childhood stuff would come out and that's when i that's when i realized like wow this this there's way more to this than just divorce divorce was just a byproduct 
it was the yeah. the deep seated issues that I've had to deal with, like with my dad and just just life in general as a kid. So, what what is the Blake Hill story? You you live in Maui now. Uh, where did you grow up? I was born in Oklahoma, and um, that's probably where my love for motorcycles came from. But as a kid, you know, landlocked, and always knew I wanted to live by the ocean, and uh, and so you know, lived in California, lived in California before Hawaii. So I pretty much spent my adult life, uh, California. And then uh, Hawaii just kind of captured me. And it's been an amazing journey just just to, I mean, as you know, and anybody else who spends the bulk of their time, you know, starting their day in the ocean or ending their day in the ocean, it's uh, therapeutic. And mm-hmm. very, and sometimes often, you know, very humbling. So, you know, there's, there's times you're out and you're like, holy shit, this is, this, it's fucking big. What am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so it's all, so the ocean for me just kind of encompasses all that, right? There's a great elation that happens and, and then there's yeah. also the humbling side to it all. But yeah, I've, that's predominantly, you know, and I still ride motorcycles. Um, you know, I've spent a whole, a, close to a whole lifetime riding motorcycles and been all, all over the U.S. and uh, Yukon, Canada, Alaska. So it's it, the the journey has been amazing, and it still keeps going. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to the motorcycles later. I'm a yeah. I'm a I'm a keen motorcycle rider myself. Um, uh, it's good therapy. I call it my uh, personal escape machine. Yeah, it absolutely is. <laughs> we're, uh, we're 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 blessed where we live. Um, there's one of the great motorcycle roads in Australia up into the uh, hinterland mountains here called the Oxley Highway, and I think it's got about 180 twisties on it. So it's um oh wow, it's just great to head up the mountain there for the day and <laughs> yep. yeah, yeah, you your forget mind it all. Autopilot. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, um, that's the correlation between like surfing and and motorcycle riding or flying an airplane is that you have to stay in the moment. Because that's if you, it. Because if you don't, you you could die pretty quickly. So that's it. I I, I call it high speed meditation. Yeah, <laughs> that's what, and that's the truth of it is because the faster you go, the more in sync you become with your bike. Yeah. And you you have you have no choice. You have to focus. You have to. The chapters I've read so far of the book, I, I quite enjoy the uh, sections with Charlie and his uh, dilapidated um, bike and sidecar. Yeah, quite the machine. Westphalia is an in, in, intensely personal story. Was that your intention from the start? Yes. Yeah. I the I feel like. If you're going to connect with someone, you got to give something up. You got to give up something personal. Hmm. So, and I did, you know, I, I gave it all up. So, you know, it's in the same way as if, and when we speak, right, we're going to connect because we're going to give up a piece of ourselves. Tell, tell, tell our listeners about Westphalia, who obviously most haven't read the book. And we want them to go and buy and read it because it's a fantastic read. How did it come about? How would you describe Westphalia to our listeners? First, I'd say, you know, the, 
<clears throat> to come to the story, um, so so I had had gone through some pretty hard. My son was had uh, broke his femur surfing North Shore of Oahu, and we had rehabbed, and he had you know he was. 14, just turned 15, he had qualified for triple crown, which is pretty young to qualify for triple crown. And so breaks his femur the night before triple crown's wow. going to start. And then, so we, you know, we I had to swim out and get him, and we, you know, thus begins the process of his healing. Mm. And so we went through this whole intensity of getting him back to health. And then um, about six months later, you know, he's back in the water, he's competing. And, and then my wife blindsided me with divorce, which was summer by that point, right? It was November when he broke his leg. So it really set me back. And I typically go to Canada in the summertime, I keep a motorcycle up there and I do rides. And I meet up with a buddy and we just go and just enjoy life, just the two of us talk life. And so we had decided, instead of doing motorcycles, we'd ride bicycles. And so we meet up and I, I had told him like, Hey man, you need to get in shape. Like I, I keep myself in really good shape. So he did not. So he's like, look, I can't just hop on the bike and ride, but how about we take a car? And then you, if there's distances, you want to go further, we'll just keep the truck loaded. And then you can just ride however much you want. And I'm like, dude, I just need to sit and ride. Like my brain is, my brain is not where it should be. Like I was pretty scattered. Hmm. So we wake up one morning and, it was kind of raining and it wasn't the most pleasant day to go ride. But in my head, I was already in misery. So I was like, I really don't give a shit. Let's just, I'm going. So I was riding yeah. from uh, Banff in uh, Canada to Jasper. And that's approximately, I believe it's about 150 kilometers, I believe. And then you have about a 10,000 foot elevation climb up the glacier. And so I take off riding and while I'm climbing the mountain, um, it's just a slow grind. 10,000 feet is, is a lot of climbing. And so that's kind of when the book kind of came to me, I was like, well, I'm, I'm really going through a lot of emotions here and I need to write this down and I need to share this and figure it out. So that's where the book came to me. Plenty of time to think when you're sitting on a, bicycle just climbing and, and in my head i'm thinking why do we pick bikes freaking motorcycle would have been so much more fun but it was it was therapeutic and the book came to me and um i didn't actually start the book uh, after that i actually sat on it for because i realized i needed to go through all these emotions so i came home after that summer and i i sat back for almost 16 months and really jotted a lot of things down that came to me in the emotional abyss that I kind of fell into. It was depressing. I won't lie. And so that's where the emotional side of things came. And then I joined back up with my notes when I figured out like, Hey, I'm ready to put this out there. And I wrote the book in about three months, the first draft and um, just kept going from there. And it has been a great journey and it was great to get it all out. And especially the the stuff with my dad and going back and reliving some of that. A lot of a lot of things I had forgotten. You know, you kind of tend to squash things that are that are challenging to deal with. 
I love the book's structure, how you've organised the chapters around denial, fear, anger, self-destruction, courage, forgiveness, and finally love. Did you have the structure in mind when you began to write, or did that emerge through the writing? The structure emerged based on how I went through all the emotions. So that's kind of the the order in which I went through the emotions. But sometimes when you're going through things, you don't realize you don't realize you're in denial till you start to come out of it. And you're like, holy shit, like I've been in denial this whole time. What have I been thinking? So then I'd be like, okay, that's that's where I was in the beginning. I was in denial. And so so you really become your own psychiatrist is what you do. And, and you, and, but you, you have to have an end game because I, you know, if you, people start reading this chapter one and you don't have an idea that there might be an end game that gets you somewhere good by the end, you, you know, you probably haven't done your, you probably haven't done some research on yourself to figure out where you need to get to. And, and most people don't really want to sit in a book and just be taken down a road of negativity. You, you got to find the positive side of the things. So what, what, gave you the writing bug you've been writing quite a while you've um uh, read your website you're uh writing radio plays I understand you're you're working on something new my my dad was actually a really good writer but he just wouldn't exercise it and his mom name the name blake comes from william blake so she ah. kind of put that on him because his he's samuel blake hill the first and I'm the second. Yeah. So, but he just never allowed himself to, to, to do it. And he lived quite an interesting life himself. Like I always tell him, you should write your, you should write your life story. Would hitchhike from California back to Oklahoma and all around, you know, like at the age of 14. Wow. You know, so, uh, and then had some interesting uh, events happen, you know, with gangs in California at a young age. So, I always, I always just say, Dad, you should write your story. He just wouldn't do it. So I had something happen to me in my early 20s, and I always wanted to write the book about it. And then after that, I started writing screenplays. So I worked in the movie business. And, you know, and I've written a, a children's book based on uh, when my son was young. It was called Surf Adventures of Noah, which was pretty cool. And, uh, <laughs> it would have been a good swell then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, when you're writing a book, you can always make great waves. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you worked in the movie business, I read in, in your bio, in lighting, wasn't yes. it? Yes. Westphalia is certainly very cinematic. That's kind of my style. You know, I want the reader to feel like he's taking the journey. Yeah. And especially for someone who's maybe never ridden a motorcycle, and and for those who have, you want them to feel like they're a part of it and they're they're right there with you. I, I just think that just gives a better flow. It, it makes you want to just keep reading and not put the book down because it, it is something I feel that there's so much that takes place and you're doing a lot of going back in time and also being dream-based. Things get a little crazy. And so you need to stay on it. And um, and that was the intent was I just wanted people to feel like they're a part of the journey. Well, yeah, as I said, it's... Um... Very, very visual and cinematic book. I'd, I'd love to see it develop, developed as a Netflix series or something. I could quite imagine that, like each each um, each episode around a chapter. Have you had any interest from from that side of the business? I haven't. 
And and I, you know, that's something I had thought about as I was writing as well. Is with it being in that perspective, is that to catch someone's attention to go, wow, this is this visually, it's quite stimulating, and would look good on the big screen. Well, it's got this uh, magic realism about it, which um, you know reminded me of uh, programs like The Good Place. Um, you, you wrote that you had a stroke, which you describe in your author's page as a a humbling experience, and I've seen what that can do to a person firsthand through some close friends. If you're comfortable talking about that or, or not, how are you now? Um, you know that I'm good, um, and if I forget something, it's always a good excuse to say, "Well, I had a stroke." So, um, <laughs> but yeah, I'd have to say I'm 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 good. There's definitely some residuals that have that have been. There's residual things that that happen. I I don't I don't really talk about it if I'm mm-hmm. with someone because I just want to just it. I am who I am now, and yeah, um, it's just a part of me. So there's no. I do my best to change things. Like I I have a really challenging time like sitting in a like if there's a lot of ambient noise, I have a hard time focusing and hearing people or yeah, or it becomes so irritating. I just want to get out. But and there's some other things. But otherwise, for a, for a guy who's had a stroke. I feel like I've really am blessed to come back and be able to uh, still operate in in the capacity I do in life. So, um, and it was quite humbling. Well, you've certainly healed. You've gone on to have some pretty cool adventures, cycling through Canada, as we touched on, uh, motorcycling through the Mojave Desert. That sounds amazing. And the Arctic Circle, surfing all over the world. Tell me about the Arctic Circle ride. That that sounds incredible. Uh, Arctic Circle ride. It's with a friend of mine out of Canada. Uh, we've ridden, we've ridden all over the U.S. and uh, we. So you have to take the. So my goal was I wanted to get to Prudhoe Bay. I wanted to put my feet in the Arctic Sea, right? And we were a little late in the season, and we'd been sitting in rain for days and days and days. And which for me, I just go into this meditation stage, put some music on, I keep speakers in my helmet and just go. Like, I just think to myself, I don't have any kids asking me for anything. I can just sit on my bike and go. Mm. And we hit the hall road. And I swear these truckers coming down the hall road to get in, to cross the Arctic Circle because they're hauling all the oil field gear. And it's as if they look for the biggest, gnarliest puddle to to splash you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you're like you're sure literally ducking and there's mud and there's just crap flying all over you and it's slick and gnarly and our bikes are loaded we're heavy and yeah. and so we get into a place um there's like a truck stop after you cross the arctic circle it's there's nothing out there literally nothing but at a certain point i'd stopped and turned to my buddy and I put my thumbs up, and he had his full face helmet on, but with a smoked mirror, so I couldn't see his eyes. And I'm like, my thumb up. I'm like, "Are you good?" And no answer. And then a truck goes by and splashes us, and I'm like, "Are you good?" Flips his visor, and all I hear is "F you." This is not fun. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, we're more than halfway. We can't turn around. It's the same distance to go back as it is to get to the end. And so. Um, we finished the day and, you know, it was, it was definitely 
long ride hard and he's been we've been caught in blizzards we've been caught in some really gnarly situations and uh, he just was not happy and and uh, but the but the journey i was talking about, man the journey and i go the next time we do another one we'll be laughing about this and so we didn't make it we didn't make it to prudhoe bay um the weather came in a uh, big snowstorm um and we knew like we had to get out of there so um didn't want to i mean basically if we would have got caught we'd be there for the winter so um that it was a great journey in itself and the whole trip just riding through canada and the and the yukon and into alaska and the, we maybe went on regular highways for 15 to 20 percent of the journey it was all back yeah. roads everything was back roads camping so um just spectacular spectacular views um all the wildlife everything so good stuff that sounds sounds amazing that sounds like there's an entire book there it could be, you know it actually we had shot the whole thing i was carrying we had gopros on everything and i was going to cut together a nice little movie we were doing interviews because yeah. you meet you know when you, when you go to these places and you roll into like a small little cafe yeah. and you, you meet a waitress who's never left this town of 300 that she lives in and she has an interesting perspective on life and we do these little interviews and every all the video i mean all the audio just got distorted and gnarly and the ride was so um rough as far as the amount of weather everything just mm. nothing came out that great <laughs> i was like all uh, the time and it, yeah it was a bummer i love you quite the greatest gift in life is the life you choose to live sounds like a good philosophy to me what's next for blake hill um kind of on a on a personal level like i just got my real estate license so i was like you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna uh -huh. jump into the real estate world here for for a bit and see how you know like make a go of that so i'll always write but uh there's some, there's some great real estate in uh, maui yeah <laughs> yeah yeah it's been it's a hot market i think it's a hot market across the world everybody you know flocking to different places after COVID, trying to figure out what they really want to do in life. How have you been coping during COVID? I suppose um, you've been able to keep up with your writing and work on your next project? You know, I got, I'm lucky because nothing really changed. So I still <laughs> went surfing. I have two dogs. We go hike in the mountains every day. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I'm lucky I got a great, great girlfriend. She loves to surf too. And so we always said, wow, we were so lucky. Like when everybody else was totally locked down and I don't watch a lot of news, but you'd see people in New York kind of stuck in apartments and everything. And yeah, I felt so blessed. I'm like, look at us. We go surfing every day. Yeah. It was kind of weird. You'd get out of the water and the cops would come by and be like, Hey, don't, don't be hanging out there. You got to go. That's fine. I caught my ways. I rinsed off and I can head back home and head up in the mountains and not have to see anybody. So through it all, I think it was great um, for me personally. Um, and it was nice to see our island have a break from so many people. And be, because now we're just completely inundated with, a, with the influx of people and we have been. So the challenge has been actually integrating back into having tourists back on the island and things being busy. It's kind of the afterlife. 
So, but I, I try to maintain that whole regimen. Just try to surf every day if there's waves and go hiking when there's not. So it's been great talking to you and good luck with Westphalia. I greatly appreciate it, Jeff. It's been, I, you know, I love Australia. I truly do. I've spent, we've spent so much time there. It's just a beautiful country. Uh, my son spent a lot of, a lot more time than I have hitting West Oz and stuff. So great people, always accommodating, just, just an amazing place. Good luck with the story. And I hope to see it on Netflix sometime soon. You and me both. All right, Jeff, have an amazing day. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks brother. Thank you. Bye. That was Blake Hill, um, a wonderful story of turning heartbreak into art. And it's a fantastic read. I highly recommend it, Westphalia. Um, buy yourself a copy on Blake's website, buyblakehill.com. B-Y-B-L-A-K-E-H-I-L-L.com. That's it for me, Jeff Hughes, on the Writer Show podcast. Um, you can see all the uh, podcast notes for this episode on our website which is ebookrevolutionpodcast.com and uh that's why we're called ebr <laughs> we used to be called ebook revolution but it's ebr the writer show podcast get on the um, mailing list say hello and don't miss some fantastic episodes coming up for you next we'll be looking at the world of songwriters until then see you soon 